Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. part of the show text bobby v on the ups jobs text line at 437-9680 I'm, I'm getting ready to check in for delta while they got the email say hey time to check in so i hit it and it takes me to my you know sky miles account i wasn't intending to go into but it does because um that's what it does and so it says that a million miler status i have 495,768 miles that's lifetime, though. It means I'd have to live to like 120 to be a million miler. How do those guys do that? Yeah, but that you're only flying Delta. So what about all the flights from all well, the other airlines? Well, they don't count. They don't count all the other ones. I know, that's what like, I'm saying. You know. So I guess you just have to be a Delta man. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be because, well, it, it, you know, it, it, most of these games I'm doing, I take, if you want to come find me, if you, you can come find me on just about every Friday for the next month and a half. At 4.45, leaving Louisville, going through Atlanta. Because no matter where I'm going, you go through Atlanta. That's the old joke. You may be going to heaven or hell, but either way, you're going through Atlanta. So that's that used to be true. Now it's not true as much anymore, but for Delta it is. So I'll be on that plane. So um, you will see me not every time. There's a couple of this one one or two trips that I'm uh, – big ten games I'm going through Minneapolis. But I'm going to uh, – Although, how, you know, you know what I did this year? I'm not even remotely embarrassed about it. I am deciding to usually basketball comes and you get locked in, man. You know, it's time. To, this is my job. I'm, I love it, but I'm working. And so I don't think that helps you mentally. And so I've tried to build in things that are pretty cool as part of it. Like, for example, as you know, because you're going with me, we're all going to Disney. Because I have passes, yes. because I work for the Walt Disney Company, and for 20 years I've let them all rot, and it's ridiculous. And so now we're using the damn things, and I'm excited about it. So we're going to Disney. We're taking three days and going to Disney in February. I got a Big Ten game, I think Wisconsin. The flight goes through Minneapolis. I had them change the flight, so uh, I went from a – first of all, it was too rushed. I wanted to change it anyway. It was like a 30-minute layover. Minneapolis is a big airport. I'm never going to make that. So I changed it to a nine-hour layover. And what am I going to do in that time? Mall of America. There it is. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to be great. And then your mother's coming with me on one trip to uh, – she's never been to Birmingham, Alabama, of all places. And so we're going to go – 
and uh, she's coming with me when I have the Alabama game, which should be an interesting SEC game. Looking forward to that. So we're going to turn that into a little adventure. So now I've got three little pockets of adventure, not to mention the ACC tournament, which this year is in the nation's capital, I think. I think it's in Washington, D.C. So we'll have uh, a week there. So uh, it's, you know, if I can just not die, which has been I've been flirting with for the last three years, every time the spring rolls around. This year, though, I am washing my hands zealously. I'm wearing a mask, and the, my good doctor has given me anti pre, preemptive, uh, uh, prophylactic. That's actually the term they use. Yeah. Um, antibiotic, but it doesn't mean I'm, you know, trying to get the biotics pregnant. That's not what they mean. We're keeping them from getting pregnant. I'm keeping them from giving the infection is what I'm doing. So, so walking so. around in all the airports like ah, I'm covered. <laughs> syphilis for me hey i i would like to make a public service announcement to people who somebody out there may be working in the uh prophylactic industry no in although it's kind of a plastic it's not rubber but it's plastic i I, if you are making containers that's a that's a good business if you're making something that um is uh and by the way if you hate when we go off the sports beaten path, you're going to hate this segment. Trust me. So that's just let me give you a heads up there as a public service announcement. If you like, I'm in a hotel room here, and during the break, I went to make a cup of coffee. There's a coffee maker in the room, very nice. When you make those things that are the plasticky, cellophane-y containers that hold things, whatever they may hold, there, sh- there, please put a little notch on them or an arrow that says this is where you should tear it to open it because Agreed. you can't figure it out. And then, yeah, I mean, they, I may, I don't know. It's their thought that, well, you should have a pair of scissors. Well, you can't travel with scissors. I have no scissors in here. So what are you supposed to do? You either do one of two things. Both are precarious. You pull it and then it pops open and then whatever's inside flies out. And then you defeated the purpose or you put it in your mouth and you with your teeth, which is also not very good. And Why won't statement. they just put a niche in there with like a little arrow that says tear here? Because you know what? When if, if you come back, if you believe in reincarnation, you know it'd be a really cool thing to come back as uh, a coffee Keurig. No, a serrated edge. <laughs> Everybody loves serrated edges. They're they're not you know you're not a star. Nobody's gonna make a big deal about hey did you did you see the new serrated edge or did you go. It, 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 maybe it's not serrated. That's the wrong word. But it's like a thing where you have to tear it. But instead of just printing a line on it, and now you're screwed because if you don't have scissors, then you do that thing. You try and fold it and fold it again, and then you crease it. And then you put it on the edge of the table, and you try and rip it, and it never rips, and then you're pissed off. If it's a good serrated edge, there's something that's aesthetically pleasing about that. If there's like a... A thing in a the, the the ones that they come in magazines those are really good. They make the good noise and they 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 pull off so cleanly and everybody appreciates them. And you never they don't have a name. You're not you know you're not you don't have to be a star. You're coming back humbly. You're humbly serving your fellow man, but you're making life better for people. As that's that's is it it's it's not serrated perforated. Thank you. Somebody just said on my personal line. It's not serrated perforated. That's what I'm talking about. To come back as a perforated edge. You'd make you'd make life better for people. They love you. Everybody loves a good perforated edge. Because at it the very, very least, at the very least, you don't use it. 
You know, I mean, that's the worst thing that happens. Oh, I don't want to rip that thing out. Okay, fine. You just ignore it. Just go about your business. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. And if you want to, oh, it's great. And the sound it makes and the feel, oh, and then you've, you've got a nice, clean thing. And uh, I'm telling you, that's the thing to come back as, a perforated edge. And those of you who believe in reincarnation, you should come back as a perforated edge, I think. I think that's a, a good thing. I like that. That's all right, now you said you have a non-sports thing you wanted to throw at me here. Well, you know how I go back and forth with robots and technology? Not back and forth. You just hate them. No, no, I, I do like some technology. I do. But um, I'm very, very much contemplating throwing um, the latest appliance I have into the street. Oh, nice. Um, we have we got one of those smart scales. Yes. Well, it, similar to the ones they have at Vitality. And I'm not exactly in the best of shape right now I'm, and i'm okay with that because I'm, I'm working on doing better um i didn't know though that the scale was going to be so mean um i stood on it's it it's mean i stood on it and i i expected it to tell me hey you know you're overweight we got it we got to drop some poundage um you probably need to drink a little bit more water you're a little dehydrated um that visceral fat right around your organs not good you know we got to work on that okay all that's good, great, grand, and dandy. Um, I got on this trucking thing, and it basically was... I felt attacked. It basically brought up every little thing wrong with me that I didn't know about. I'm looking at it right now. Body weight, 260. Okay, got to lose some weight. Um, fair enough. Body fat, 35.2. I you know, don't think it's... Why are you advertising this over the whole city? No, I don't, I don't mind, because I'm an open book, and I'm going to get healthier. It'll, you know, it's fine. I mean, I've, I've dropped weight before. I, I can do it. So I, why I know is it being to. mean? It's just giving you data. No, it's just giving me data, but then it just keeps going. It's like it's it's like that. You know, you, you, sometimes you have that friend that you ask for an opinion because you trust that they're going to give you the honest opinion, and they just keep going. And you're like, okay, I get it. All right, thank you. I know. Okay, all right, all right, thank you. Yeah, okay, message received. Damn it, I get it. Like, that's like what, what this scale was. Told me my weight was heavy. Fine. Told me my body fat percentage was too high. Okay, those go hand in hand. Fine, fair enough. But then it just keeps going. It says it says my muscle mass deficient, protein barely up to snuff. The only thing that was in the green it was like yeah you know you chubby ass you know you big boned you've got so you've got sufficient bone mass. Okay, great. Then muscle mass terrible. Body body water, like dehydrated. Body index, visceral fat, super high. Skeletal muscle. I don't even know what the hell that is. How do I work that out? Skeletal muscle, deficient. Metabolic age, deficient. BMR, deficient. I was like, okay, at least height. Height, just give me height that, you know, I'm slightly above average. I'm 5'11". You know, average is what, like 5'7", 5'8"? No, it even says that. It's like you're barely average in height, you fat truck. You know, and it just keeps going. Like, I was expecting it to say that my credit score was bad. My girlfriend's mad at me. Like, clean I'm not doing car. good. At, yeah. Why don't you clean your car? That, I thought that's what you thought it was going to say. It just keeps going. And I want to, like, I'm so mad at this thing. I just wanted it to tell me, yeah, you know what? We got to drop some pounds, buddy. But no, it, it goes even further. Like sub subterraneous fat, whatever the hell that is. Like it, that's like that. That's fat down when you're pe uh, below the equator. Yeah. Like I'm like okay, I get it. I'm chubby. You don't have to break down exactly where all the fat is and how lacking of muscle I have. Like just tell me like, hey, you gotta lose some weight, you fatty. Like, but no, it just like I feel attacked. I'm looking at this wow. thing and like in the in the verbiage, deficient. 
deficient in everything. Is it that? Is it that smart a scale? Like it tells you if you're I stood dehydrated. On, that's the thing. I stood on this thing for like ten seconds, and it just it somehow like did a full body scan. It was just like yeah, that's very you're, smart. You're, you're mu- very smart scale. The muscles around your bones, crappy. The muscles in your body, crappy. The fat under the skin, oh that's high. The fat around your like organs, oh that's high. Like your height, eh, you're like kind of short, really. You're just basically built like a thumb. And it was like, and I don't understand how anybody loves you. And your credit score sucks, too. Wow. Very. Then you, like I'm going think through it really, there. It's like really don't chances, think it did of, all that. chances of I, dying alone. High. You know, like wow. all kinds of stuff like that. I'm like, who who, did, I, who the hell did, who asked you? I don't think it. you did when you stood on it. I just thought it was going to tell me that, hey, look, your body fat's a little high and you, and you, you need to drink a little bit more water. Fair. But no, it started breaking down exactly where I was deficient. In every in everything, there should be there should be a, a way that you can just turn it off and just be like, just tell me if I'm fat or not. I'll be like, you're fat. All right, done. Wow, well, you're like the guy who wants the weather report. Just tell me, do I need an umbrella or not? That's all I want. I don't know bar- barometric pressure and different fronts. Just tell me what the, do I need an umbrella tomorrow? An umbrella and a sweater. That's what I need. Good. Thank well, you. Well, thank God my bone mass is sufficient. Thank God I got that going for me. Well, I'm happy for you. Because I used to tell I'm depressed. people. Now, now it, it should measure like you know, are you uh, like your happiness, your sadness? Oh no, I'm quite depressed and stepping on the scale. But you know what? I think it's a little skewed because I walked on the scale with my wallet on. You know, so you know that that probably threw everything off that pound and a half. No, certainly that that. Well, although you do have one of those, unfortunately, traditional guy wallets. That's just you don't carry the man bag like I do because I hate things in my pocket. Hate things in my pocket. Just full of like sandwich gift cards, which is kind of how I got in this mess. Uh oh, where'd you go? No, no, I I can hear me. No, all right, no. Uh, I I just I feel like that's um, a little unusual. You asked the uh, you asked the thing for it's a, you know it, to do its it job. Didn't it didn't have did. to be that honest. You know what I mean? What do you want? Like a participation trophy scale, like. I just Gosh, want you know. one to be like, hey, look, let's let's focus on these these couple of things. You're chubby. Let's get that fat around the organs uh, gone, and let's you know drink a couple. Of, stop drinking diet coke. Drink some water, huh? You know. But no, it just kept going. And the verbiage. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. You know, okay. we're in this day and age where everybody you know gets a pat on the ass and a pat on the back, and like, hey, come on, you can do better. We believe in you. Rah rah rah. But no, this thing just straight up was like deficient, deficient, deficient. Gonna die. And also for a guy that has like that's a hypochondriac. Now I'm scared that my muscle, like my my muscles around my bones, I'm just going to be walking up the sidewalk and snap my femur because they're making it sound like I'm feeble. <laughs> so that's good. We got that going for me. Thanks. I admit scale. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't see that coming. I thought that was. Uh, I thought that the little the little machine just did what you asked it to do, and then you got mad at it. That's. Uh, I'm not sure that that's really uh, you know. All that logical, you know what I'm saying? It has a trends thing on there, so it can, so you can monitor how long you've been a fat truck. You know, great, it's a freaking thing. So I started yelling at it, be like, "Your mother was a toaster," and I like kicked it. I only had one appliance I did that, which I got my great gratification. This is back in the more formative days of eBay. Um, I don't know what prompted us to buy this damned thing, because as far as I'm concerned, my approach to most appliances is you get the cheapest one that will do the job 
understanding that if it breaks, who cares? You throw it. You don't get a warranty. Just get rid of the damn thing and go buy another one. It's if you've ever heard John Panette's routine about a toaster, that's my philosophy on appliances. You can go look it up, and it's right on the money. Um, and so uh, it's a very funny bit. Uh, so that's how I feel about it. Well, for some inexplicable reason, I don't think I bought it. We bought this very expensive iron. It's an iron. It gets hot. It gets steam. It does spray. That's all you need it to do. And then you iron with it, and then you put it back in the closet. This thing had features. I don't know. You could make toast with it or something. I don't know. But <laughs> it was ridiculous. And it never worked, and it sucked. And, it, and what's more angering is when it's got all those features and you don't know what the hell you're doing with any of them and they don't work, they, rather than make your life better, they just piss you off and they just frustrate you. So, if, you know, you have to put things on eBay. You're supposed to write a description of it. So I put this iron on there and I put the asking price of two cents because I said, I don't know, maybe you can use this thing for parts or a paperweight or just take your frustration out and take it out and throw it in your driveway. But that's what it's worth. It's worth two cents. It's a piece of garbage. I would be embarrassed if I were the manufacturer. And and I got so many responses from people who enjoyed that. They were like, finally, (laughs) an honest (laughs) listing. It was great. So I I had many people from whom to pick who wanted my two cent iron and i'd let them have it gladly so what a waste so yeah that was fun i felt you know when you when you feel like you get revenge on an inanimate object i don't know why it's gratifying it's probably sick and twisted but it is it is gratifying well, now I now i mean maybe maybe you know it's built in because now i'm like okay i'm gonna bench press a car by the end of the year because i'm pissed off at the stupid little scale I'll show you. That's the thing. All I right, step on. I stepped on it, and it's like it's making all these assumptions. Like you know me. I just got done working at the restaurant. Yeah, I'm a little dehydrated. Yeah, I might, I might have had a slice of pizza there. Maybe I'm a little chubby. Acting like you know me. Yeah. Stupid scale. So put it in a bad place. Store it in a bad place. That'll show it. I'm about to throw it in the street. Yeah. Tell me how much that that car weighs as it runs over you. Talk, measure that thing, subcutaneous fat, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. All right. Well, this is quasi-sports. How about some texts that we can use till we get to the top of the hour here at, at uh, 437-9680? You got any of interest and any of note? Um, text coming down here. Let's see here. Um, texter says that, did you need any info besides 511-260? Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> texter also said that was the minute, hardest. 511-260, what's that? That was my, my height and weight. Oh, like, yeah, oh. that was probably enough said. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And texter also said that's the funniest I've laughed in a while. Texter oh, says good. if you don't want the answer, don't ask the question. Fair True. enough. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, but women ask all the time, do I look fat in this? And they're not really looking for an answer. They're just looking for you to say no. So I, I've learned that. You must. If you don't know that, let that be your lesson for today. Yeah. No matter what they're wearing, no matter what they look, the answer is always no. Always no. 100% always no. Yeah, never, ever, ever, ever answer the question. This guy says, get an analog scare and look in the mirror if you don't like the scale. But I'll take it off your hands if you don't want it. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Well, maybe it'll be really satisfying once I, you know, actually lose weight. Uh, this texter says, like Charles Barkley on TNT, his resolution was no Diet Coke. He was drinking a Diet Coke during the show and had four more under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> that boy, Charles. Just barely missed it. 
This texter mad that we were talking to Mark Story. He said that we should be, um, we're BB, your BBN Bobby. Um, always, yeah, God forbid we talk UK for 10 seconds. Um, this texter says, what hurt me is seeing what Matt Cross is doing at UMass, Dre Davis at Seton Hall, even Samuel Williamson at SMU. Oh, no question. There's no, way, there's no way that they couldn't still fit in here. Yeah, but those, what, what did they, you know? They left on. When, did they leave on when Kenny got the job, yeah. or they left before yeah. that? No, they left. They left when Kenny got the job. I mean, that's actually. I, don't know, I guess the who those were Max recruits. Yeah, Chris Max. Yeah, super six. Say guys. what you will. That's a pretty good class. I mean, they're all playing. They're all playing meaningful. That's. I think they're Samuel all on Williams winning teams. Was, was super six. Sorry, the other ones weren't. So Samuel Williamson was what? He was part oh, of the super six. Yeah, the other oh. ones weren't. Yeah, but I mean, they. Uh, I think they're all on winning teams. On top of it, which says something. I think. Let me look. Uh, but Sam is uh, at at SMU, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's let's start there, shall we? Uh, let's start there, and if I can get to college damn basketball, here we go, and here we go, and here we go. The uh, okay, they're in that league right there. And it has the standings, and uh, they are currently 12 and 5. SMU, very strong start. Let's go to UMass, who is in the what are they in the Atlantic 10? I think they I are. Believe so. right. I believe so. All right, let's see what they're doing. UMass in the A10 is 11 and 6, so they're rolling along. Uh, we just we know Carolina's in the top five in the country, and Jalen's playing minutes there. We don't have to look that up. Um, um, L. Ellis is in the SEC. You know, it just means more there. That's what I've heard. And he is at Arkansas, right? Indeed. They're ten and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Seton Hall was has been springing upsets left and right every time you pick up. The paper, they're springing an upset on somebody. They're in the large Eastern Conference. And they are currently right now Seton Hall at... Where the hell are they? Oh, my God. They're in first place in the league. They're 6-1, and 13-5, tied with UConn. 6-1. and one. It's unbelievable. I mean, that is... That's... Just that group right there. The hell with anybody else. That's a whole team. Yeah, it's very sad. They were all here. They were all. It's like the New York Mets. When you root for the Mets, you get the same feeling. Yeah, they do great things elsewhere. Watch the second they leave, they watch you watch them hoist super, uh, World Series trophies as soon as they're going playing for another team. Justin Turner for the for the Dodgers always watching that guy every year in the postseason, thinking he was the Met third baseman. Although they did have a Good run with David Wright, but still. Anyway, but that's the point. I mean, who are we forgetting? Who else is in it? Now, there's some guys that aren't playing very much. Like I don't think, um, I don't think the guy at VCU, with uh, Roosevelt uh, Wheeler's playing very much. I don't think. Um, and what I, about Sid Curry at Grand Canyon? I don't think he's playing a lot. But they're pretty good though, Grand Canyon. I think. I don't even. What league are they in? The Big West, the Western Athletic Conference, the. Uh, I don't know what the hell league they're in. What league are they in? Good question. They're in they're in the whack. Look at me naming leagues left and right. Look at you. Yeah, well, I'm all over the damn leagues. Grand Canyon is currently oh, they're in first place in that league. They're sixteen and one. 
16 and 1. They've played 17 games. They've lost one. He has played in all 17 games. He plays 13 minutes a game. He's averaging... Uh, uh, what the hell is he averaging? There he is. He's averaging 5 points a game. So he's playing. 5 points, 4, and a, four rebounds. So he's, he's getting some minutes. Getting some minutes. I liked him. He was a nice kid. I, I enjoyed talking to him. Um, I didn't get to talk to a, a lot of them. Uh, yeah. So, And I don't even know where the other ones are. Where the hell is Fabio... Vasily and um, Fabio went to um, Texas Arlington, I believe. Is he playing there? Or maybe it was Texas San Antonio. Somewhere in Texas. Texas. You look up Texas San Antonio. I'll look up Texas Arlington. Texas Arlington basketball. Not spelled with a Z. He's on UT Arlington. Okay, so here we go. So here's their last game. They played Seattle. They lost. Oh, no, they won. They're 8-9. and nine. Um, Could we please have a box score, you little SOB? Here we go, box score. And uh, UT Arlington. Oh, he doesn't get off the bench. You sure he's at UT Arlington? Yes. You sure about that 15 minutes? Yes. Well, he's not playing. He's either hurt or he's not playing, but he didn't get in the game. So there's the one we struck out on. Uh, what about the other big kid? What about um, Aiden, the, the 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 Irish whatever he was called? Oh, the Irish, Aiden, Hulk. Irish Hulk. Yeah, Aiden. What's his last Aiden, name? A, a, a Gahan. Yeah. All right. Is he playing somewhere? We don't know about him. They did this in the article. He's at Abilene Christian. That's where he is. He's at Abilene Christian, and apparently he's not playing. Oh, no, maybe he's playing. That was, that was the, oh, yeah, he's playing. He's averaging three points and two and a half rebounds a game. Uh, but he has played in, I think, all the games. And are they winning, more importantly? No, they've only won one of their last five, so they're not all that good. But still, the other guys are tearing it up pretty good. So, there you go. I think we covered them all. We forget anybody, texters? Oh, what about the... Uh, There's another little guard, wasn't there? Who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Quinn Slazinski? Who? Oh, no, oh, that's right. He's playing his brains out for West Virginia. I forgot. He's not a little guard. He's But, uh, yeah, he's playing. Um... I swear there was another little guard. Who the hell am I thinking of? I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, we had some players here. There were some players here. Um, at least there are people elsewhere that think they're players. So anyway, there's that. All right. Um, uh, uh, that's enough time on that. What about any other texts? Got some texts for us? Oh, yeah, there's tons here. Um, let's see here. Um, this person says... Um, even if we had, sorry, it's, it's refreshing. I think all technologies mad at me because I made fun of the scale. Yes, you did. They all, they they all banded together. Let's show you. <laughs> this texter says, even if we had Evans, Flowers, JJ, and Withers, uh, if they would have stayed, we would not be much better of hardly any more wins. This guy thinks. 
I, I don't know about that. Why, what are you implying, that they would be badly coached and that's why they wouldn't win? I don't know. Um, I don't know about that. They're a pretty good player. I mean, Matt Cross is, plays like he's one half of a fight looking for the other. You talk about a guy who always wants toughness. He's a tough little SOB, and he's rebounded his brains out, and he could shoot it. Sam is, is averaging like seven rebounds a game. Well, uh, he could always rebound. Sam? Yeah, that, that was something he could always do when he was here. So, I mean, I don't know. They, they may not. I, the one thing I'll agree, I'm not sure there's any great shooters in the bunch, although Slazinski could shoot it, and L could shoot it. Um, so there's a couple of shooters there. There's no, Slazinski's a kind of a shooter. There's no real knockdown, but you know that's the thing. You just need you need to you need an assembly, an assemblage of shooters in today's game. That's what the game is. That's why the game is so. The separation is small. That's my theory. That is my unproven, not Bart, Bart Torvik or or Ken Palm driven analytic. It's the thought that teams went from not understanding the three to shooting it as a gimmick. And then some people embraced it faster than others. And they spaced the floor differently. But by and large, they still had two or three shooters. That was their job. But they gave them more free reign to shoot it. But now there's not only the whole five on the floor, but then they'll bring two and three guys off the bench. And why that's significant is because... If you had one of those stronger teams, but you had one or two or three shooters, let's say three, on any given night, it's not impossible that two of them had off nights. And, you know, that other guy was too much for him to carry the load by himself, and you lost a close game. Now, forget about it. I mean, one, two, and three could all be off, but you got four, five, six, and seven who could shoot it. And then if you're in a pinch, you can bring eight and nine off the bench will shoot it. And that's not exaggeration. I mean, that is how the game is being played right now. And so, uh, you know, you, you've got to – you can get guys to rebound by committee. you got – generally, you can play smaller. You don't turn the ball over. Smaller players, hopefully, are more efficient taking care of the ball. So you, you t- don't turn the ball over, and you got more shooters and – um, you're really hard to defend. And that, I mean, that's I know I'm really sound like I'm just killing the kid, and it's not just him, and that's not fair. I don't want to be unfair, but I it does make a point. I mean, Trey's a terrible defender. Well, I noticed that. I mean, if teams get down the shot clock, they just go at him, and he doesn't. He's not capable of consistently doing much about it. And so, if that guy's a shooter, and then he gets you going, you know, you you, you used to be able to hide guys. You can pick one guy in the other team who's his job was to screen and rebound and he wasn't going to shoot it. And so you can hide your weak defender on him. Now, hell with that, man. He's going to shoot it too. You know, you see a whole bunch of games where five guys are in double figures. Hell, you got teams, you got a bunch of teams where there are five guys averaging double figures. So it's uh, the separation is pretty small. What else you got? Uh, this texter says, I think not having a recruiting class is really hurting Kenny. While they aren't winning, they are improving. If fans could see the improvement and talent coming in, I think they could maybe convince themselves that KP could be on the right trajectory. Without a recruiting class, we're having to have blind faith that he will do really well in the transfer portal, which he hasn't fully embraced yet. I think that's a, a fair observation. That's a very level-headed, fair observation because there was so much excitement in the preseason that they'd had uh, Flowers and Evans, and now they're both gone. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of excitement going on in the uh, 
in the in the recruiting class for next year. And I'm sorry, I know the portal was the you know we have, we have two dogs and the one is younger, much younger, and the other one's not old yet by any stretch. But the, the young one is is still not a year old. He's still a puppy, based by and large, and so he loves to play, always wants to play, and so but so he goes through all of his toys like in no time, and so. Then he gets bored. And so you give him a new toy, and oh, man, he is fired up. You give him a new toy, and he's running around, and he's chasing it, and he throws it, and he chases after it. That's what the portal was for fans and for coaches. It was their new toy, and they got all excited about it. And then they started to realize there's some problems with this toy. You know, the stuffing's coming out. It's not as durable as we thought it was. You know, you, you get guys, and they we used to say many years ago, you know, when people transfer, they transfer for a reason. They got their own American tourist with them. They got some sort of luggage they're bringing with them. And if you haven't seen them from the start, you don't know what that is. And then you get them and you go, oh my God, we got to deal with this guy. Um, it's not easy. And, 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 and they all come in with a little bit of an agenda, more of an agenda than perhaps, you know, the high school kids did. So maybe they don't want to play nicely with the other children as much. I don't know. But uh, that's the point, is that even if you, 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 whether you say he doesn't seem to have embraced the portal yet, I don't know whether he has or he has it now, given what's gone on. But either way, there's no guarantee it's going to work out because it's a bit of a crapshoot. You're seeing that all, all across the board. Um, I just wonder, and, I, and, it, and it makes me troubled if the kids are doing this because I've seen them do it elsewhere. If you're not happy here, you want to go, go. You know, fine. But, like, Glenn is still hanging around. Evans hasn't transferred anywhere, right? I mean... Well, then he can. He's, his basketball career's over. Well, that's what they say here. I've never heard his parents say that, though. Did they? Did they come it's, out? It's kind of come out that, yeah, it's a medical issue, and he's not... Because I'm wondering if some of these guys, or Glenn, are not hanging around thinking, well, hell, I'll play for the new guy. I mean, because guys, you know, I, I mean, I... We've seen Glenn. I, he's marginal in the in the. Uh, I mean, what do I say? Not. Uh, um, um, yeah, Glenn. That's what I'm talking about. The right kid, right? My mind goes on a lock, lockdown on occasion. Um, no, it, it's uh, Karan Davis. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the wrong kid, and you're just letting me prattle on and make an ass of myself. Well, I was wondering. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Didn't really know where to. Glenn, obviously, people must be driving by the station screaming, Davis, you jackass. But hopefully you knew who I meant. I mean, Davis is hanging around. And and, um, he's a very, I mean, he was marginal anyway in the equation. But that doesn't speak to the fact that he's still here and he's talking to the other players. And I'm wondering if his approach is, well, I'm going to try and play for the new guy. Because players can delude themselves. I'll never forget, I've told this story so many times, but it amuses me, so I'm going to tell it again. I, when I was at St. Francis, and we were, you know, certainly not great, but we, we still had scholarships and had some decent players. I got a letter from a kid from California, of all places, junior college kid, written on, like, loose-leaf paper. Not exactly the most impressive handwritten Coach, my name is Joe Jablonski. I'm at uh, Cayuga Community College. I'm making the school up. And uh, I'm looking for a place to continue my basketball career um, next year. I'm currently a sophomore, uh, and I am averaging uh, 2.1 points and 1.3 rebounds per game. But I know I'm one of the finest guards in the country. (laughs) I love that line. Well, damn. (laughs) 
I know I'm one of the finest guards in the country. Not even as kind of crazy as it might sound. I feel like, you know, they haven't used me right, and I think I can contribute. No, I know I'm one of the finest guards in the country. So um, kids will delude themselves. But, you know, if he's deluding himself that he's going to be a contributor here, I don't know what he sees that I don't. But um, that's not good to have him hanging around if that's how he feels. And, again, I don't know that's how he feels. I've never spoken with him. So uh, I don't know, but um, the the uh, the next few weeks are going to be very interesting to say the least, because they lost again against a great team in a one-sided game, and then he came out and again he said something that got everybody all riled up. I think it's year one, and, and you know you just they just can't seem to get through. The Miami game was a chance to reset, and um, that hasn't really played out. So. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. You you heard Tim Sullivan come on the show and say he thinks it's a fait accompli for business reasons, and that's not a foolish way to look at it. It's business, folks. Make no mistake about it. In the immortal words of Flight of the Concords, it's business time. <laughs> not sure we mean it the same way he does. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's business. So that's uh, that's going to drive the bus. Um, what else? We got anything worth mentioning, or what? what uh, no, there's there's a lot here. Um, a lot of people saying that uh, the statement should be that dress doesn't make you fat, your ass does. Hey, how you doing? Oh, whoa, a couple of those on there. Uh, texter wants to know if you were offered the interim job, would you take it? Um, a couple other ones as it's refreshing. Give it a second here. Um, New Mexico State was broken, and they have won seven games already in uh, the first year of their new head coach. Yeah, that was, and that was broken at a whole different level. That involved murder and uh, all sorts of bull crap. Yeah, that's true. Can't argue that. Uh, Texter says, portal players are usually more physically mature, but floor quality is not a guarantee. True. Fair. I mean, the ultimate definition of broken program, but it took them a long time is what Scott Drew's done at Baylor. I mean, that, that was that was a murder in the program that the coach was actively involved in covering up. Think about that. I mean, that is, that is 10 exits past broken. And, um, and they were never particularly good to begin with. I mean, nobody ever knew Baylor as a basketball school. And uh, he's done some job there. He really has. And, and you know what? He must trained his people pretty well because he's got his coaching tree is very quietly pretty impressive he's got guys out there that are winning they're all winning and the the best one is is the 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 jerome orange drink you know jerome tang who's at uh, uh kansas state and what took them into a deep run of the tournament last year he's beaten scott three times in a row and uh, uh, he was his longtime assistant. He's done a great job there. They're packing the place, and they're all excited about basketball. And um, so he, I give him credit. You know, that is the one thing about you know some of the the um, the assistants. I mean, Cal has not really had a great tree of people who've gone on to be tremendously successful. Uh, Rick has done pretty. He's had some some good ones. You know, it's interesting, by the way. Why do, do, does no one mention when they talk about like guys coming back, if you will? Mick, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Mick's not a terrific coach or anything, but Mick, you know, Mick's the pick and all that. Why has Kevin Willard's name not come up? He's done a fantastic job everywhere he's been. He won at Iona. He won at Seton Hall. He's winning at Maryland. 
I mean, if you think you can lure a guy from UCLA back, why don't you think you can bring Kevin back from Maryland? I'm just curious. I'm just, I mean, he's he's done a fabulous job. He's a great guy, and he wins. And um, I don't know what, why. Is there, am I missing something? Why his name hasn't been? I mean, if you're going to start just spitballing, firing, you know, Linguini at the wall, seeing what sticks, I'm surprised his name's never came up, never come up. Interested. Interesting. It is interesting. I do think it's. Uh, I want your thoughts here. I look when Patino got perp walked out of here. I kind of thought that the whenever somebody brought up like Billy Donovan coming here, I just I thought the Patino tree was kind of burned to the ground. I didn't think that there was any real chance that anybody with any ties to Patino would be coming back to Louisville. However, I think enough time has has passed, and also, I mean, he's landed on his feet. He's now at his arguably his dream dream, uh, dream job at St. John's um, in New York. Um, I wonder, and also there's been rumblings that Richard Pitino might be interested in the job, like that 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 started making the rounds a little bit, and you know they they had two top twenty wins last week. I mean, yep. you know, I mean, so I, I just I, I wonder if all those guys are back in play now that enough time's passed and Rick's back on his feet. Well, I think they they anybody that would be interested, yeah, I think they are because I mean he's he kind of was semi exonerated. I can't say completely. I mean it was still and a also lot that. Of the stuff that went on here, but but I mean by and large in terms of the the stuff that every bad thing that happened was dumped at his feet. There's a bunch of stuff where he was exonerated. They made fun of the NCA, in fact, for the way they handled the investigation here. And he's done well, and his assistants have done well. And so I don't think that a window is closed for any of those guys if they want to come back. Um, so if that turns out to be the case, again, we're not we're not putting the cart before the horse. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that definitely changed when the NCAA came out and basically belittled the, well, the investigation group came out and basically belittled the NCAA for the way they handled everything that went on here. And then you watch Rick win at Iona, and now you're watching him breathe life into St. John's. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you look at this, his tree of coaches. They've done they, – not all of them have done great, but they've done well. I mean, even Steve Massiello had it going at Manhattan until he took some missteps, but he's back on Rick's staff. He'll be a head coach again, I would think. I, I think he will be. And Richard's done well, and, and uh, uh, Kevin's done well, and Mick's done well. and uh, I mean, there have been some misses. What's his name? The, the good-looking guy, Reggie Theus. He was a head coach for a while and didn't do great. Uh, Marvin Menzies had a good run, but then it fell apart on him, I guess. Um, but uh, by and large, uh, you know, they've done – his main guys have carried the brand pretty well, so uh, yeah, it's an it's an interesting it's interesting to follow the coaching trees, the the UB Brown coaching tree, the New Jersey coaches, the Philly coaches. There's some done by geography. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting, definitely interesting. Um, well, we have somebody else coming up, don't we? Yeah, we got uh, John Gasway joining us. When is that? Two fifteen. Oh, well, then we better take a break so we can get him on. So John Gasway will be joining us. He just wrote something I found very interesting, and now I can't remember what it is. I'll have to go look it up. So I remember reading it saying, by golly, we should get him on the show over this. And now he's coming on, and I can't remember what it was. But I'll, I'll find it. I don't anybody kid you. As uh, Joe Lewis said, he can run, but he can't hide. We'll find him. So uh, that's what we're going to do. So stay with us. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday. I won't be with you tomorrow because I will be flying Zoom to Texas. But... Um, There'll be a fast break Friday anyway, but I'll be in the air on safely, I hope. And uh, meantime, we still got another 45 minutes to go here, and John Gasway is going to be our next guest. So stay with us on ESPN 680, 105.7.
Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. When marimba rhythms start to play, you dance with me, you make me sway. Like a lazy ocean hugs the shore, hold me close, sway me more. Like a flower bending in the breeze, bend with me, sway with me. When you dance, you have to play with me. Right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Was it nice? You cut off the guy with the nice voice telling you about that MGM. You just cut him off. He was talking and then you just yanked his lock. Broke his kneecaps. What was that all about? Yeah, my finger slipped and I accidentally started playing the commercial. Seems like a nice man. You just whacked him. I'm afraid he's not going to come on anymore with us. No, I'll, 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 you know. I'll, I'll patch things up with them during the... We need to treat nice guys well, like our next guest is a nice guy, so treat him well because we want him to come back with us. He's ESPN Insider's John Gasway, and he joins us periodically, and here he is again. John, thanks for being with us. How are you? Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm uh, better now that you're on the program because this piece is one I wanted to ask you about because we're all gazing into a crystal ball, and that's what you do as well or better than most. And the piece I'm alluding to is predicting realignment, which conferences will dominate in 2024-2025. And uh, you correctly point out we've used about the term Power 5 for years. That was largely because of football, but now that won't be accurate with the Pac-12 going away. But uh, football will have a Power 4 now. But basketball will still be able to say Power 5 because you include the Big East in that. But uh, I digress because the main source, though, is the fact is how do you assess the strength of leagues and what does the realignment mean in assessing them? And you talk about that. Uh, do you gauge it just by who, which team, which league has the most chances to win the national championship? Which league right. has the best teams going deep? There's a bunch of different ways you can do it. So let's start with that. How do you do it? And then we'll go from there. I do it with more than just one way. And I'll use the ACC from a few years ago as an excellent example. Uh, the ACC in 2019 won the national championship uh, with Virginia, of course. Uh, had multiple number one seeds uh, that year in the tournament with Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina. Just dominated the NBA, NBA draft, the top of the draft with, with Zion, R.J. Barrett, DeAndre Hunter went like number four. You know, that's a great year, and that's a great conference. And then you flip over to Ken Palm that year, 
and the ACC is not number one. They're not even number two. They were number three that year uh, because the, the long tail of the league, you know, had at that time many members that uh, weren't scoring so well at Ken Palm, and uh, that's actually just gotten worse uh, since 2019, and uh, the ACC would love to finish third uh, now. That's that's a distant memory. But, of course, you know, in the present tense, you've still got teams like, you know, North Carolina that just looks incredible and looks like it could win it all and is going to get a really nice seed. So, you know, you can judge a, a conference based on how good all of the teams in it are and, you know, looking forward to the expanded uh, ACC next year, that's not necessarily a metric that's going to uh, show the ACC to its best light. However, uh, there will always be, you know, good and sometimes even very good teams getting uh, great seeds that are contenders for the national championship. So uh, you need more than one, just one method to, to evaluate a league. Uh, so if you were to sum it up, because obviously there's a lot of interest in that here. I mean, not that I'm not being snarky when I say this. I mean, when Louisville and their fans not really in a position to worry much about national championships right now. The program is is uh, historically struggling. But having said that, you still want to know about your league. So what, what you're saying is that there will still be probably the same number of potential national champions, but the depth of the league not being helped by the new additions and so not really going to help in the overall ranking? That's exactly right. And um, it uh, and this point has been made, you know, already by my my colleague Joe Lunardi, and uh, I'll be making a similar point uh, when, when Bubble Watch comes online uh, next month. But where it can really pinch, it, you know, obviously North Carolina uh, – in the form that the Tar Heels are this year, or for that matter, Duke. Uh, you know, they don't really care, I don't think, what what the uh, Ken Palm ranking of, of the league is. You know, they're, they're great teams. But uh, what does matter is if you're a bubble team and you're looking for good wins late in the year and you're getting served up these conference games against teams that uh, they're just not strong on paper. They're, they're opponents, and that's even if you do win, that's not going to help you and if you know heaven forbid you lose at home uh that can that can definitely hurt you so in that sense it can be uh, the the width and breadth of the league can be hazardous for for bubble teams and, and that that can uh, have an effect in the final analysis tell me about the a couple of things, which, I mean, this whole thing, I got to admit, uh, it's a little bit like watching a train or a car accident. I mean, you don't, you can't, you almost feel guilty saying I'm kind of enjoying it because it's, it's precarious for so many different reasons, but it is the business side of it fascinates me. Florida right. state, they're right. trying to get out of the ACC. Now the ACC yeah. suing them. If they are to pull it off and get out and, and if they do, you would assume there's a number of other teams that are going to, you know, somebody left the barn door open. They're going to run right behind them. Where the hell are they all going, John? Where are these teams going that they're leaving? Yeah, um, there's a very limited number of spots because we keep uh, seeing the number of major conferences decrease. So uh, you would think that Florida State would have to be going to another major conference. Uh, they would be going to another major conference or else they would not – uh, be seeking to leave the ACC, and you know that you would think 
the SEC is a fit, you know, geographically and, and football-wise. There's been talk in the past about the Big 12. Um, there's irresponsible or loose talk about the Big Ten, but historically the Big Ten uh, has been leery. Actually, they never have extended uh, an invitation to a school that wasn't a member of the American Association of Universities at the time, um, which Florida State, great school, uh, is not at this current time. So uh, it boils down, one would think, to the SEC or the Big 12, and uh, we'll, we'll have to see uh, if Florida State uh, wants to wants to play that uh, that card and, and try and make that happen. Does the what is the realignment? The other team, of course, in town, the Kentucky Wildcats. Does the realignment do anything for the SEC basketball wise, good, bad, or indifferent? Yeah, the maybe the uh, the undersold story. Just I mean, even if we weren't realigning, uh, the SEC is just stronger than it used to be. I mean, it was uh, you know a really good place basketball wise. You know about. 20 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, not so much. And I think that was, uh, you know, we, we lost sight of that because Kentucky was just so great in, in 2012, particularly and, and generally. But the league as a whole, statistically, again, uh, looking at top to bottom strength, was not. That has turned around uh, dramatically. This is a very good basketball conference now, very deep. And adding Texas and Oklahoma, Texas is not looking so hot. Uh, right now at the moment, but I mean, in general, over the long term, uh, those will slot in very nicely as like the fourth and fifth kind of best, uh, teams in an already really good conference. Uh, they are, they're coming out of expansion, uh, looking very good indeed, uh, as opposed to a conference like the ACC, which is expanding for reasons that don't necessarily, you know, have basketball first, but with the SEC, it's treating them very well for their men's hoops. What happens in the Pac-2? Do Oregon State and Washington State just play each other like 16 times and, and then they crown one a winner? Because <laughs> didn't they win the right to keep the name to the Pac-12, but they're the only right. two teams left? What the hell? I mean, yeah, what's what's going to happen right, out there? Um, they signed an agreement uh, to play men's hoops and other sports uh, in the West Coast Conference. And there is uh, speculation that they would like to land eventually, uh, perhaps, in the Mountain West, uh, which uh, for the last two seasons now has been having a, a great run. Um, Mountain West last year uh, ranked higher than the ACC uh, at Ken Bond in, in men's basketball, so uh, that that would be a good landing spot uh, for, for Oregon State and Washington State, and we'll see if they can pull that off. But next year, you can look for them in the West Coast Conference. You know what, John, when, when all this realignment took place with football driving the bus, people were not really talking about the Big East as, you know, a power conference. I mean, that they changed that perception with the level they played at. And so basketball, for the last few years, we've referenced power six, while football has, you know, done its thing with power five. If if Washington State and Oregon State can, can build and go into the Mountain West – is there a day in the future where they take the place and we go back to a Power Six basketball-wise? Because football has a formal agreement with the Power Conferences for their system, right. their bowls. But basketball is just kind of a an informal phraseology no. we use. So could they yeah, play yeah. their way into the into a Power Six? You know, stranger things have happened, and there's been talk before about this or that conference is – 
a major conference, uh, the A-10, you know, 10 years ago. They had six bids one year, uh, and it looked like uh, it might happen. The Mountain West had a, an equally good uh, period also 10 years ago. And then going way back for your, your older listeners will uh, are already ahead of me here, but they're thinking, you know, originally back in the day, uh, Louisville fans know, uh, Conference USA, you know, 20 years ago, man, that was where it was at. And, uh, you know, not just the Cardinals, but Cincinnati, uh, you know, it, it's peak era with, with Huggins and uh, Marquette, you know. Uh, that was arguably a major conference, and indeed on paper, the, the stats bore it out, you know. So at the time, for a brief instant, you could make a, a case that there were seven con- uh, seven major conferences in men's basketball so to answer your question no there's no iron rule that says it's going to be this number of leagues and uh, if the mountain west were to get uh, oregon state and washington state who have had some struggles recently but over the long haul uh, they would be you know in the midsection of that conference uh, who knows it, that could turn into a, a six major conference in its own right ESPN's John Gasway with us, and uh, uh, always love picking his brain about so many different things. This is one. Um, the uh, separation seems smaller than ever in college basketball. We had that weekend, whatever it was, last weekend or weekend before, where all the top five teams seemingly lost, I guess, except UConn, and, the, and they all lost unranked teams. Um, and John, uh, uh, Rick Pitino used to say all the time that, and he's not the only one, the three-point shot is the great equalizer. That's what's made the game change so dramatically, and more and more teams are shooting it from more and more players, more and more positions on the floor. Is that why we're seeing the separation smaller than it has ever been? Is that a contributing factor? Is it the con- most contributing factor? Why, or is it just perception? What really is going on with uh, seemingly the very tenuous position of the teams at the top? We've always had the case where you can lose, and particularly on the road. Uh, that and you know all that we have to go by uh, is the three-point shot. You know, I, I can't really speak to a, a time uh, without it, except for you know what I see from uh, Final Fours on on YouTube. But uh, I love where the game is now uh statistically teams are scoring you know more points uh, or points more efficiently than ever but also pace is you know really good so it's just more points on the bottom line period uh no qualifications and you you can lose uh to a you know a team uh if you're not ready and if you're going on the road that's always been the case and i just love the brand of ball that is played now with the three-point line. It, that was the the most impactful, you know, sports uh, rule change perhaps since I don't know the forward pass in football, maybe because it it creates space on the court and space creates uh, really good offense and uh, really good motion. And the, I, I just think the game is in a good place. And I like it when, you know, there, there's a happy medium to, to parody. And I like the fact that Farley Dickinson can beat Purdue. Um, I don't want a 16 seed to win the national championship. That would be a little bit too far. And, uh, that's the sweet spot that the NCAA tournament hits, uh, every year. And it's, it's highly entertaining. So, uh, hats off to the three point shot and to the degree of parody that we do have. 
Before I let you go, one last question, and this is what it's like. If this was a, a music station, that we'd be doing a golden oldie because she wrote about this years ago. I don't even know how many years, three, four. But um, I was watching a game the other day, and it was a, a, a late game play. And there was a very good player who had four fouls. And I thought it was pretty obvious he's the one that fouled. But the officials, I think, were aware of that he was four fouls. And so he, there was another guy involved. They gave it to the other guy. He wasn't in foul trouble. And I was like, oh, my God, that was an obvious. We're keeping him from fouling out. You wrote a piece and years ago about the case for ending the foul out. I remember that. And I was thinking at that time as I watched that game, as the game has evolved, so many things different now, a shot clock, a three-point line. Why is it it's, – it's about the only game where really you can play your way out by – you know, breaking the rules. I mean, in other games, you you can I imagine if in soccer you just continued fouling, they'd give you a yellow card, then maybe a red card. But by and large, even in football, you hold 15 plays in a row. You've you've cost your team 165 yards, but they're not throwing you out of the game. Why is it that we still I mean, I understand the beginning of the game because they wanted to make sure it wasn't rough. And so they were trying to, hey, oh, calm down, pal. Or we're going to take you out of the game. But it's different now. Is there a, a, any kind of serious discussion about examining that? And if so, how would you make it? Because I, I think you could make it more punitive. I mean, you could still punish the team more right. if they, they go right. over a certain limit, but you don't take the guy off the floor. What are your thoughts on that right. since you wrote that piece till now? Yeah, that uh, piece, in or just the very idea, inspires you know very divergent reactions on the one hand the natural instinctual reaction there you know that's that's just silly that's unthinkable um it's it's always been this way what are you talking about but um you know i i right away i got a phone call from uh, kevin white who at the time was you know still the athletic director at Duke, <laughs> and he had me on his show and he was really really into it so um it's it's something that gets uh polar polar opposite reactions and uh you're exactly right i mean whatever the merits of the idea if we want to you know we can make it much more uh uh punishing on teams to foul than just you know taking your best player off the court i mean to take it to a illustrative extreme you know if a free throw was worth two or three or four points, you know, that would be way more damaging and you would be very leery of fouling. Uh, it's just a, an interesting uh, historical uh, oddity that somebody, and we don't know who, except that it wasn't James Naismith, it's not in his original rules, somebody very early in the game uh, came up with the idea of let's uh, let's disqualify players. It used to be after four fouls. Uh, Big East experimented with six in the 90s, and that, that was just disastrous. That just resulted in games that were nothing but free throws. Um, and now it's five. And uh, whatever the merits of the idea, uh, some other people have brought up the idea as well uh, at both the NBA and college level. And... Uh, I think it'll happen someday. I really do. I think we'll turn around and say, you know, why are we doing this? Uh, we want to see the best players on the floor and uh, don't want it where the guy gets two fouls at the start of the game and oh, don't see him for the first uh, rest of the first half. Um, I, I think it'll happen someday, but not for a long, long time. Is he for it or against it? I'm for it. No, but Kevin, when you had, when you said you were on the show with Kevin White, how did he feel about it? Was he for it or against? Oh, it? he was he was fascinated by it. I think that uh, I 
I can't speak for him. I got the sense that he was uh, probably uh, looking for a way to be for it. But at the time, as Duke Athletic Director, there was no way he was going to come out and say, I am for this, you know, silly idea. <laughs> Maybe now that he's a private civilian, he'll uh, he'll come clean. I'll, I'll have to ask him. <laughs> That's true. All the pretense is gone now, Kevin. You can, you can spill the yeah, beans. Yeah, come clean. Yeah. Hey, John, it's always a pleasure when you're with us. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you down the road. You take care of yourself. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, John Gasway. He's fun. That's I, I really. There's a bunch of ways you could do it. You know, you could you could make them shoot a free throw and give them the ball back. I never thought about that. How about if you go to the line and it's uh, two points for the first free throw, and then you know one for the second or or two for both of them. If you make them both, you get four points. Hell, that would that would that would make you think twice about keeping that guy out there, but he could still play. Interesting. That's, uh, that could be a real, be a real game changer. changer. Well, because uh, four the, point uh, plays. I mean, the thing, wow. The thing, the thing that bothers me as much, if not more, than the guy fouling out is to get two fouls in the first half is not unusual, and they all come out now. And so you play. You know, guy gets a couple of fouls in the first six minutes, and now he's got to sit fourteen minutes. I mean, that's who. There's no other sport really where that happens. You know, you, you commit a penalty in hockey, you go sit for two minutes. That's that's one tenth. So that would be the equivalent of a guy missing two minutes in a basketball game. You know, there's no other sport where you sit for that long. And this guy's, and most people are going to sit him because of shows like this one. Whereas if you leave him on the floor and he gets his third foul, you know, they're going to rip him. Oh, Kenny doesn't know what he's doing. He let the guy get this third foul in the first half. Doesn't even know how to manage his people. And so they play so long. Now, to some degree, I like the strategy that is involved in deciding how you're going to manage your personnel. But you could still have to deal with that if the penalty is so severe. When you put a guy in any fouls and they're getting potentially four points, you'd think twice about But you could still play with them if you want to. I mean, you know, and you can still have his skill on the offensive end. And he can still... Uh, you know, if it's a player control foul, they're not going to shoot free throws. So you can say, well, everybody's going to be just trying to jump in and have him take a charge. All right, well, if he takes a charge, they're going to lose the ball, but he's not going to give four uh, free throws up. So um, that there's, there's, I, I, think, I think he's right. I think sometime we're going to see that. I don't know if we're going to, as much as I love the Elam ending, I don't know that we're going to see that as soon because the game is so high scoring now that, um, you, you know, when, when that one of the reasons that that was so appealing is because it made teams keep trying to score. You know, that's but now they all right, keep trying right. to score because you got a you got a shot clock in there and and the other team can come back. As, and so everybody, it, it, it doesn't seem to be as tedious at the end of the game. But I do think it would still eliminate the foul fest. So maybe they go hand in hand. You know, uh, the the fouling. The not fouling out rule and the, the, the Elam ending. I love the Elam ending. I'm a big fan. So uh, I love our game. Don't get me wrong. But I don't I, I don't I think you got to be. That's one of the things, you know, football has a lot of things that they've made bad decisions. But one of the things that the NFL has done really well is for all, uh, you know, when you're as successful as the NFL, the mindset tends to be, well, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leave it alone. And they have never been that way. They keep tinkering with their game. And I think they make the game better when they do. I mean, when they eliminated the ability to, to just, you know, uh, um, 
hit receivers off the line of scrimmage and made it so you get, you know, within the five yards and that's it, it opened the game up. And the defensive fans said, well, it's, you're making the advantage skewed to the offense. Well, yeah, <laughs> they were because it was getting boring that, that you couldn't throw the ball because it was arm wrestling going on out there and uh, protecting the quarterback. I know the old school guys are like, oh, my God, in our day you were allowed to just, you know, put your cleat in his face. Yeah, good. Now, you know, you see what quarterbacks mean to these teams. Find me any other business where you'll have a $15 million investment that you're just allowed to come and try and break their ribs. They still get hit, believe me. Anybody who watches the game doesn't think these guys are getting hit. They're getting hit. And, uh, you know, but I think that that, that was, a frankly, a good rule. Uh, that, you know, the, the moving the goalposts back was better. That was, goes back a long ways now, but uh, you know that was it was getting field goals were getting out of hand with the way these guys kick. You you could be making field goals from your own 40 yard line when the goalposts were on the goal line, and then they narrowed them, and then they made it so that if you missed, the other team got the ball from where the kicker kicked it rather than the 20 yard line because there was no gamble to try 65 yard field goals. What the hell? Because if you missed it, it was like a punt. Well, now that that became a a a factor, and then moving the extra point back. You know, it's still pretty automatic, but not totally. And that makes it interesting. You've seen guys miss extra points, and that's impacted the, the game. They've, they've done really smart things with their game. And when some things don't work, they just say, okay, well, we abandoned ship. We're not going to do that anymore. But, uh, you know, like the, the I, I guess the replay is the next frontier for all sports. They got to manage replay better. It's ridiculous now. It's it's just it's gotten it's gotten so intrusive to the game. Um, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense that uh, it has to be parsed and bisected and dissected with you know ten minutes to go in the first half. I know the argument as a coach. I've said it myself. Hey, every play is important. You know that play ten minutes ago in the first half is just as important as the one in the last minute. But it's not. Because there's still the mindset you got plenty of time to, as long as it's not a t- terribly egregious thing. I mean, if a guy, it's so egregious, that's why I said there should be one referee in charge of common sense. That's his job. He just, he, he can get involved if it's common sense as that's ridiculous. We got to take care of that. But other than that, make the best call you can and go play. And in the last minute, you can look at it, but or last two minutes or whatever it may be. But uh, to just, to keep bisecting and dissecting every play as it goes on seems to be a little bit crazy to me. All right, you want to do a a, a, um, a uh, spontaneous parlay? How about yeah, that? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go see if I can find some, because this truly is spontaneous. I got a friend, who's, his name is Kurt Berglund, and he's part of the gaming hobby that I follow closely, and he's very funny. He's got a great sense of humor. And he does unboxings, which is a big thing online now. People do that for also walks of life, computers, games, collectibles, trading cards, whatever it may be. And he makes a big deal, tongue-in-cheek, about how his is a true unboxing. Because other people will have already opened it so they can prepare for when they're going to do their presentation. But the box is already open. And so they prepare this so that they know. They'll show you, okay, this is what you comes with it and this is what comes with it. And he makes a big deal about how his box is totally totally sealed and it really is you see him he would you know he has to cut it open and he doesn't really know what's inside it and and uh i say that because when i'm telling you this is a spontaneous money line parlay i haven't even looked at the games yet let alone what the what the you know the odds are or whatever so let's see if i can uh, get into my account here and if i all right there we go we're in the account 
And uh, I'm sure you're scrambling around looking for a Santa Claus bet. I know you are. I know mm-hmm. you think. Mm-hmm. So you, you're doing that. And I am going to uh, get to the NCAA men's basketball money line parlay. And here we go. We like to look at home teams. So we always start with that. Um, let me do one more thing because I, I got a little hasty the other day. The Georgia game, I knew it wasn't particularly good when I picked it. I shouldn't have. Although the the other game that they lost in overtime, the Clemson game, wound up not being. I mean, that wasn't terrible. They lost in overtime, but Clemson gets into conference play, man, and they just they can't get out of their own way, unfortunately. But the other one would have cost us anyway. So, but I wasn't sure about that. I want to get a second window open here so I can check uh, one other thing and uh, and see how I feel about it. So, um, but my window unfortunately is taking 10 years to open, so I'm not happy about this. So uh, let's see if we can get this damn thing to open properly. And then well, I guess we're going to have to. Oh, no, there we go. We got it. All right. All right. So here's what we're looking at. We're going to let's start in the in the in the Big Ten. Do we want this game? Minnesota's 12 and five. They've been dangerous. Michigan State's only 10 and seven, but they're home. I don't know. I'm going to put that on hold again. They're 11 and a half point favorites. Um, and they, I think they're starting to get it together, Michigan State. But I, I don't think it's one of his better teams, to be candid with you. So I don't know. We'll put that on on the on the possible list. How about that? Uh, FAU is a 15 and a half point favorite over Wichita State. I think we'll take that. That's one I feel good about. Uh, Hofstra is an 18 and a half point favorite over Hampton. I'll definitely take that. Um, don't know about Winthrop. Haven't seen them enough to know. NGIT and New Hampshire. NGIT has a new coaching staff, and they've been a little better. They're home, but they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm not loving that. Old Dominion's playing without their coach, who's going to miss the rest of the year. Jeff Jones, that poor guy, he's had this will be his third battle now with prostate cancer, which they're just finding out because they were treating his heart attack that he had while they were in Hawaii. He's he's a good guy, so I'm sorry about that for him. But they're playing without their coach, so I don't feel good about that, even though they're hosting Marshall. Jacksonville takes on Queens from North Carolina. That's an even matchup. I don't like that. Uh, Northern Kentucky hosting Wisconsin-Milwaukee. That is another very even matchup. Oh, here's one I'll take. As much as I'm not a big fan of his, his team's pretty good. I'll take Memphis over South Florida. So... uh, I like that. Um, let me see if I can. I want to make sure I get this thing down to, you know, a, a plus uh, um, 150 or something. It's not worth it. Uh, Drexel at home against Monmouth. Monmouth has been surprisingly good this year, to be honest with you. Uh, I was been, you know, I follow teams from my old league, and they're from my old conference. Although they no longer are a member of the Northeast Conference, they are now in the. I don't even know what league they're in. What the hell league did they go to? Uh, you know, I don't know what league they're in. I apologize. Who? To you. Where did they go? Uh, Monmouth. What league did they go to? They used to be in my league in the Northeast, but they moved. I thought they went to the MAC, but I guess they didn't. Did they go to uh, America East? No, that's not it. Where the hell did they go, Monmouth? I don't even know. I do not know. 
So I apologize, but uh, so that's that's on hold for a bit because uh, Drexel and that's a league game, so I don't know what league either of them are in. Drexel is in. Um, I apologize to you. I should know that. I should have done my work already. But they're not in the Northeast. They're not in the Patriot, are they? No, because they give scholarships. Um, that's not it. I don't know. We'll come back on that one. I'm spending too much time on that. Delaware is a big favorite over Stony Brook. Coastal. They're in the Coastal. There's no such. Oh, that's a league. Good cripes. I didn't even know that. They are. And that's the same league Stony Brook's in. That's why I didn't know it. Uh, oh, the, oh, the CAA, yeah, that's right, the Coastal. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, I just always refer to it as the CAA. So Stony Brook and Delaware. Delaware's home. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take a chance on that. I don't love Delaware. I saw them early. They looked a little wobbly at times, but they're good at home. Stony Brook's had better teams than they have this year, so I'm going to take them. Um, the Drexel-Monmouth game, I'm going to take Drexel. I didn't realize they were as good as they are. They're 12 and six at home. That's a that's a tough task for a Monmouth team that's flirting with uh, a Hampton team rather. That's uh, no, it is a Monmouth team that's floating with 500. Um, let's see where else we want to go. Moorhead State and Tennessee Martin. Do I like that? I do like that. I'm going with Moorhead there. I'll take Moorhead. I like that. Um, how are we doing for odds? Now we're up to plus 136. We need one or two more, maybe. Let's see if we can find ones we like. Uh, Northern Colorado against Sacramento State. We'll take them. I'm liking that. And uh, South Dakota State against Nebraska Omaha. That may be dangerous, but we'll try that. So let's see if we want to eliminate one of these. I like FAU. I like Hofstra. I like Memphis. I like Delaware. like Drexel. Moorhead State and Northern Colorado. Yeah, I'm okay with all of them. I'm going to go with it. So there you go. You'll get plus 234. That's FAU, Hofstra, Memphis, Delaware, Drexel, Moorhead State, Northern Colorado, and South Dakota State. It's too many games again. You can't be picking that many in college basketball. You're going to get one of them is going to go down. The ones that I'm not the most sure of, I, I don't know about Moorhead. I saw them very briefly early. I don't know anything about Tennessee Martin. Uh, Northern Colorado and Sacramento State. Uh, Sacramento State has, um, I, I, I think they've struggled. Uh, and South Dakota State, Nebraska-Omaha, um, that may be one I eliminate. I don't know anything about. I've seen the, I've seen South Dakota. I've seen the, the Jackrabbits. I've not seen South Dakota State. Um, but I'm going to leave it in there. What the hey? Let's say let's let's so let's let's play it and see if we can uh, boast on Monday because I won't be here tomorrow and, I, and if I lose I'm not here tomorrow so <laughs> so so FAU Hofstra Memphis Delaware Drexel Moorhead State Northern Colorado South Dakota State a lot of conference games too many conference games to be comfortable with but we'll give it a go we had won four we won four out of five and then we tried for a big nine team parlay the other day and and missed by not by much lost an overtime game and uh, but you know. Close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades. So um, we'll see if we can get uh, this one done uh, with uh, the – how many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yikes. It's a lot of games. Good luck. Hope you win. All right, Nick, what do you got for us? You got a Santa Claus? All right, yeah. So I got my Santa Claus bet here. Um, one more time, what was the, uh, the college basketball? Just erased it. No, that's okay. 
Um, I'll get it from the podcast. Um, but mine, what I got is um, I did. First off, I'm very confident that the Predators are going to beat the Kings straight up. So I threw. Ooh, 10, I like that. I threw ten dollars on that. But then I also did. Uh, BetMGM had a same game parlay. Nice. Um, that had the Predators winning the over under on goals at five and a half. I do think there's going to be some goals in this game. And at any time goal for Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg scores in every other uh, of his last six matchups against the Kings. He scored in every other one. And the last time he played them last year, um, in I think uh, November, he didn't score. So if uh, the pattern holds true, he should get a goal this game. So, so the Preds on the road against a good L.A. Kings team. They're 21-12. and 12. The Kings the only- have, have lost the last six games they were favored in. Wow. All right, so you got Preds on the money line. Preds money that's line. A stand, that's a standalone bet. That's a standalone bet. And then okay. I did a uh, – MGM had a uh, same-game parlay, preset one. Five and a half, I took the over on goals in that okay. one. Um, Philip Forsberg, anytime goal, and the Preds to win. So plus 425. So okay. not bad. All right. The over-under for you you got was what, five and a half? Five and a half, yeah. Because the one here says six, so they've raised it, so people are jumping on that over bet. Yeah. So, all right. Very cool. So we got, uh, so that's the Preds straight up. That's a plus 120 because they're the underdog here. So that's standalone. And then you've got the over five and a half. And then what were the other two? The, the anytime goal scorer was who? Philip Forsberg. Who seems and then in his was, last six meetings, he scores every other game. Was there a third one, or just those two? No, nope, nope, just uh, the parlay was uh, Preds money line, Philip Forsberg anytime goal, and um, over on five and a half goals. Okay, which I'm that a little sounds... nervous about, but uh, that's the one I'm most nervous about. Do which one, the over or the the Philip over? Forsberg but if uh, but I do think that if they're going to score five and uh, you know that many goals in the game, Philip Forsberg I think is going to get one of them. All right. Well, good luck, everybody. I hope so you wake up tomorrow and you don't have coal in your um, bed MGM stocking. So good, good luck to you. Everybody, thank you for – how about the technology today? How great was that? Just right. Fantastic. Right. Rock solid. So, so tell Tucker, I'm sorry I yelled at him, but see, it was worth it, though, because, man, did we get it right. <laughs> he forgave you. Yeah, he's a good boy. All right, everybody, have a great day today and uh, have an even better tomorrow, and I will see you on Monday, God willing as we wrap it up from Raleigh, North Carolina, on ESPN 680-1057.